What's up guys, welcome back to a special episode. This weekend was Father's Day and we spent the weekend up in uh, beautiful Powell River, British Columbia with Mark and uh, special guest today, the little brother. Hey, Jesse's with us today. Jesse's here because this is a topic that we can all contribute to. The video title today is gonna be eight ways or something along the lines of this. Eight ways that we have been brought up that have helped shape the way we view money and ways that you have implemented in our upbringing that have made us more comfortable with money, that have made us better with managing money and obviously some introductions to the stock market. I know we have a lot of families that watch this channel, parents, maybe some kids uh, with parents, but um, kids with parents? Yeah. Kids with parents. Rare cases. There are rare not cases. That's not all, okay. Um, so let's go into eight ways today, guys. Jesse, thank you for coming on the channel. No worries, super excited to be here. Mostly for Father's Day, but also for the video. Nice. We gotta grab some great contributions from you. And dad, glad to see you. I'm so happy this has been a, well, yesterday, best Father's Day ever, so. Ever? Uh, I think ever, well, other than 97 and 95, when you guys were born, I remember my first Father's Day with each of you, being a dad with you guys. Those were special, obviously. This one beats it. This one, well, you're both here. The first one, only Brandon was around, and then you joined uh, two years and later, so, yeah. We whipped his butt in golf. Oh yeah, man, you had to bring it. that up. That was a... Yeah, we went golfing yesterday and it was a tradition, Father's Day tradition, right? And uh, yeah, they... I don't know if you whipped my butt, Sp but you beat Spanked, beat spanked, spanked no, you, so. yeah. Okay. I don't think so. So, um... I remember me beating you guys at uh, Johnny John, Jolly John's mini golf back in the day. Mm. I don't know if you remember that, probably not, but... Sometimes I blocked that out. It's, it's in there, okay. trust me. Well, let's talk about um, eight ways that we... Eight things that you can almost teach your kids or implement them that helped us. And I want to start this video off with a booklet. And this booklet was something we dug up prior to this video. Here's a fun one. Uh, it's a little bit old, as you may be able to tell. Uh, it, the, book, the book in and of itself is just a normal book. Count Livre Contable. It's what's inside. But it's what's it's inside. The treasures it's inside. what's inside that matters. Because this is a, <laughs> what we would call a journal that you did for us, Dad. Um, I'll actually put some things up on the screen for you guys. Um, so you can see, you know, maybe some screenshots of what and whatnot. But in this journal, dating back to June of 26, 2006. So I would have been, you would have been 11, 11. So and Jesse 10 or nine, 15 years ago this month. And these are, yeah, this yeah. is the exact, I see coffee stains up top. This is where you kind of jotted down our, what would you call this? Our budgeting, our accounting kind of? Accounting, journal, just journaling basically. Your record of expenditures, income, etc. yeah. I remember this actually very vividly. We'd have our money coming in. We had allowance at the time. I was getting $11 because I was 11 years old. Uh -huh. Jesse getting a little bit less. But as you go through this list, you'll see a lost tooth actually. That was income. That was income. That was one yeah. of my most reliable sources of income at the time. Times two. So Almost broke me. A couple teeth missing were for $4 total. 17. You Another tooth. tooth fairy. Oh. Wait, Shoot. what? I was, yeah, I was a tooth fairy. No. Seriously. And I was uh, Easter Bunny too. And, and what, what's it. important about this journal and the, t the teaching point that we want to start with is this little debit section where when we made a purchase, and in this case, I'm showcasing my lacrosse stick purchase, which I guess at the time I bought a lacrosse stick. We had a little deal going where every time we made a purchase, we committed 50% of that purchase price to our long-term savings. Mm -hmm. Dad, what was that all about? Well, first of all, it wasn't a deal. It was a rule. Yeah, well, we didn't make, we were, it was a one-day <laughs> But you accepted deal, yeah. the rule because you wanted the money. So yeah, back in the day, it was sort of an early attempt to teach you guys, uh, I think like the value of money and how the system works. And essentially, pretty much everybody, some money comes in 
and then you have things you want to spend the money on. Some things you have to, some things you get to. And uh, the idea was here just to implement that structure in your mind as to how that works. And so I've always been an advocate, not since I was 11, but since I was quite young, on saving part of your money for your future. So the rule I put into place was you build up your pot of gold, your income. When you go to buy something, you had to take 50% of that amount, whatever you spent, and put it into what we called at the time long-term savings. So a separate account where, let's say you spent $20 on item X, you would have to take $10 and put it away. You guys, there was no pushback at the time, at least overtly, overtly there's no pushback, but uh, the idea was just to implement both. When you have money, a pot there, uh, you, Make you don't choice. want to spend it all. You don't want. You make a choice when you're willing to spend. Yeah. You should also be making that commitment to something for your future. If you have a thousand dollars in your bank account, that doesn't mean you should go spend a thousand dollars on goods and goods and services. You should be mentally compartmentalizing some of that. And in this case, it was forced, but it was a very early start on for us. I, before we get further, I'm looking here, Jesse. October seventh. London drugs. Here. London drugs. Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Some deck sleeves. Was this 2019? <laughs> <laughs> Probably was, to you be spent, honest. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised. God, you spent like 30% of your, no, 13% of your money on uh, deck sleeves and Yu-Gi-Oh cards. See, and the thing is, if you were smart, you would realize that now those would have been worth so much more. You had are you left the, them in the, the box. True, in, the I true knew. investor of the family right And now. I had the sleeves to keep them in good condition. But I think this is, <laughs> I think this was cool because I think it's a nice middle ground. Because obviously allowance, giving your children allowances is a bit of a, Hot topic. Hot topic. Some people yeah. agree, some people disagree, but this was good. It's because you know you're providing us the opportunity to learn how to manage the money, not just giving us money to do with what we right. please. Right. I love it. Yeah. I no. thought I'd cover the food and the shelter and that type of thing. And then yeah, I think it that's teaches fair. you good responsible investing and savings and spending habits. I think that's yeah. fair. Well, let's move on to point number two. And this is one, Dad, I remember, you know, this is a stock market channel and I've been investing since I was quite young with your help, Jesse, mm -hmm. as well. I remember you came home one day and you had a big Excel spreadsheet printed out of stapled together yep. four or five, six pages of a bunch of companies. And one day you gave me a pen or a highlighter and you said, go through this list and highlight companies that stick out to you. And I remember saying, if you wanted to invest in a company, which, right. which Sorry, of these would you that. choose? Yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me be clear on that. Um, before I owned any individual stocks, I owned mutual funds probably yeah. at the time, but you said, you want to go buy some individual yeah. stocks? Highlight some of these. And going through the list, most of them, I had no clue what these companies were. I was still quite young at the time. But there's definitely some companies, the Disney's, yeah. the McDonald's, the Coca-Cola's, that you do recognize as a, as a child. And ultimately, after highlighting and essentially narrowing down that selection, we came up with some stocks that I guess made the... The final list mm -hmm. and those ended up being some of the first companies we ever owned at a young age yeah and i think that's a really valuable it was a cool way of teaching us dad that you know when you buy a stock you, you are becoming an owner of a business and that's something that we try to preach here so much on the channel you have to think like a shareholder and even from a young age as a kid you may not understand what a 52-week high is or what the yield is and all these charts i did not understand at the time but i did recognize McDonald's. I like that company. I eat a lot of Happy Meals. That's a stock that it's may be good for my portfolio. And I think that's a great way to get your kids started in the stock market is identifying those types of uh, companies. And there's merit to that even in your adult years, right? Is even under in the adult yeah. years. Invest in companies that you understand and that you recognize that you know are going to be around for a long time. You know, when you're a kid, you don't know these, you know, startup tech companies, yeah. but you are aware of the McDonald's, the Coca-Cola's, the and, Walmart's, all these and blue too, chips. Too yeah. many people go out and buy stocks and they have no clue what they do. Rule number one should at least be to be familiar with the business. Well, sort of as a basic, understand the business that you're buying if you're gonna be a, an actual investor. And uh, yeah, that was kind of the goal then was to uh, essentially, like, like you just said, Brandon, is 
make you understand that when you are an investor, you are a part owner of that company. So you can literally own part of McDonald's. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, we like to uh, sort of have that when we're going there and we're spending money on those happy meals or mm-hmm. you know, whatever you're happy buying meals. today, um, that you're kind of part of that ecosystem. Part two to that question, we get asked all the time, how do you set up a, on, uh, an investment account for your kids? Because clearly you're yeah. too young. In fact, I've even seen that. You mentioned on our channel before, like you started investing you know, age 10 or whatever. People say, well, you can't. And just quick on that, in Canada, you have to be age of majority to you know sign a contract to open the to open the account. So 18 across most of the country, 19 here in British Columbia. But as a parent, you can open up what's called an in-trust account. It is just, it's an, an informal trust. So I would open up an investment account, Mark Beavis, in trust for Brandon Beavis or in trust for Jesse Beavis. I then go and make the legal contract, the legal obligation. But we're still to, involved. We still have the discussions well, ourselves. And yeah. You would make the choices, yeah. as a matter of fact, here. What do you want to buy? McDonald's. Well, I'm not going to go and tell you don't because you know they're trading at a high valuation. You absolutely at the time. could take control, but the idea would be to give us the opportunity to make the decisions on our Great own. Great point. Because legally you taking care of it. Many parents do just take control. There's, and that's better than doing nothing, but to bring the children and get them involved. And then what happens is you can manage those. The funds, I guess, legally belong to the child because they have to be used for the benefit of the child. When that child turns the age of majority, so 19 here in BC. I remember that day when the account got shifted. We just my did name. the paperwork over to, to remove my name from the account and it goes into the kid's name at that point. From that point on, you wash your hands of it and they can you know, go and blow all the money if they want. But hopefully over the years, you've instilled uh, the whole concept of investing is buying good quality assets that you know, you're going to hold for many years, etc., etc. Okay. I think it worked with you guys. So far, so good. Number three, we had a fun little game that we used to play. I don't know if it's a game, but when we went to the grocery store, mm-hmm. when we were growing up, we had a system where Jesse and I would each get four quarters. We'd get a dollar's worth of money or it probably changed, but I specifically remember it, four quarters that we could go out and scan through the store and that was our spending money for while we were at the store. What's that adjusted for inflation? Modern day... Dollar 82. Dollar 82 on the wow. dot. That's, that was what I was going to say. Generous. Crazy. Yes. I, well, I vividly remember that. And, and to be honest, and I'll tell you the guys now because you're old enough that you can handle this emotionally, any parent who's watching who's taken their 10, 11, 12-year-olds shopping, it, it's a... Hour and a, or sorry, half an hour relentless. I want that. I want this. I want everything on the shelving. So it was driving me nuts. I had no choice. I needed to take the kids with me. They were too young at the time to leave uh, at the house. And uh, my goal was to keep them occupied. And the overriding principle, the, the, one of the rules was I want to give you four quarters. And this is going to sound ruthless. So bear with me because it worked out okay. Every time you said to me, oh, dad, I want that. Or dad, can we have that? you would forfeit a quarter. Minus 25. So you basically got four strikes and you're out. So if you said, oh, I want that, then it'd be, okay, give me one of your quarters. Oh, now you got 75 cents to spend, but so keep shopping. So it was to maintain my sanity while I was shopping. The kids would wander around, pick their things. And also uh, another overriding principle there was, okay, you got a dollar to spend. You guys place value on that. Mm-hmm. If you find you know, some gum that's a dollar, Spend it all, or maybe find some, some little quarter, some turn those little turning machines, and get four little things. Yeah, we were starting to realize that you know, and as in life, you only have a limited amount of money. Most of us, everybody has a limited amount of money, yeah. and you you need to, like you said, place value on certain things where you want to spend that money, right? You need to start making those own decisions, and it's obviously on a much minor scale, you know, in a grocery store with a dollar, yeah. but in the real world, you may have. or $10,000 in disposable or discretionary income that you are deciding where to put. And it's that same concept. What, where's the value to me? What am I going to do? What do I want to buy? 
um, it starts getting that 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 mind churning a little bit that you gotta go kind of figure out figure out what you want to buy. There's a lot less risk involved when you're dealing in gumballs <laughs> and penny stocks, but it's the same concepts. Well, Jesse, you were just telling us uh, as we're visiting about uh, Jesse's has a, his own YouTube channel and he uh, likes technology and you know you're talking about I want a new monitor I want a new lens or I want, and you know you just got to go well I've got X number of dollars in my budget and I I would love to have everything but I'm going to go and select and you know maybe a bit of that sort of discerning you know decision making comes back from the day uh, I also remember on a positive note that you guys actually after the first couple of times where you basically lost your all your quarters, you guys really looked forward to going and wandering around and, and mm. getting your stuff. So it turned out to be fun I think a, a fun little game. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Point number Another four. Another thing I remember. <laughs> Talk slow and speed it up in post. <laughs> yeah. go, go, go. Fourth point on our list here today is regarding I guess what we could call budgeting in a sense. And I just remember one of the simple rules that we always had instilled from a young age was that we needed to target to save at least 10% of our income. Mm -hmm. Gross income, if we want to get technical about it. I thought it was 15%, but we discussed prior to filming and I think it was 10%. What were the thoughts there? Well, I mean, one of my uh, my earliest recollections of being in the industry was, you know, the wealthy barber time or the richest man in Babylon, mm -hmm. if you think there are books earlier than that. And just this whole concept that you pay yourself first, you know, when you look at your budget, one of the items that's on with the food and shelter and transportation is savings or investments. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, the goal there was just to instill that concept. And without question, I think it's unequivocal, if you start from a young age and if you're able to put 10% of your, of your income into long-term investments, you're going to do financially quite well. Better uh, than most. Way better than most. And so if you can do 15, even better. Uh, I've never been an advocate of spending every last free penny you have on investing because you want to enjoy life as well. That was the idea is just instilling, it all comes down to habits, right? And instilling mm -hmm. those habits in you as youngsters and set it when you had your own account, setting up that pre-authorized contribution and, yeah. and doing it that way. Absolutely, and it's even to this day, right? I mean, 10% of your $9 allowance every month isn't a lot, <laughs> but it's instilling the habits and getting yourself into a position where when you have the money coming in from your job or your work yeah. or your businesses, you're comfortable with saying, hey, I mean, 10% of this is going away into my investments and knowing that later down the road, you're gonna be in a better position than most. Uh, one last thing on that, I know a lot of people are really crunched for money and it often comes down to spending choices, but most people that I know of, if your income, if you took a 10% pay cut, you wouldn't you know, be living in squalor. You would make adjustments make and, and make it work. So to me, the concept is the same. You just take 10% and you put it away. It's still yours, but it just comes out of your monthly cash flow. I think the same concept and it works in most cases. Whereas when we were kids, it was maybe I'll buy fewer deck sleeves for my Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Now it's like, I'll order skip the dishes less, <laughs> you know? Yes. Right. Times have or, changed. Or buy a cheaper car or drive less, bike it, more, it bus more. It all is relative to scale, but it's the exact same principles that even as you're a kid, you make those decisions, right? Yeah, and it's so, just, it still those values. So true, Jess. Hey everybody, it's Brandon here. I'd like to interrupt today's episode very briefly to remind you that if you're looking for more training in the Canadian stock market, don't hesitate to check out our Investing Academy. For the low cost of only $19.95 Canadian, you can join our private membership group and get access to our top stock picks, trade calls, portfolio insights, and a variety of tools that are helping our members all across the country better their own investing journeys. All it takes is one great stock idea or tip, and that alone can cover years and years of your subscription to our membership group. 
If you're looking for some additional video training to broaden your knowledge and expand your understanding of the stock market in Canada, we do of course offer a fully video online training program where you can learn from the comfort of your home amongst a variety of students across the country. Both of these products can be found at www.theinvestingacademy.ca where you can sign up for them online or schedule a call with us to learn more. Now back to our scheduled episode. Number five, easy one, quick one. During our birthdays, we obviously got gifts sometimes, but there would be periods, especially as we got a little bit older, that our birthday gift would be a contribution to our investment account. So, you know, we we have enough junk in our lives for the most part. And as much as we love toys, I know Jesse, you love the toys. You love That's so lame. Like asking me 10 years ago, I for sure would have just rather had a toy than have a hundred bucks in my investment account. (laughs) But it makes sense now. So continue. Continue. And yeah, it does... It, 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 um, the kids may not be too happy about it, like you said, but yeah, I'm not sure I like where this video is going because as I'm, as we're doing this, it's making me sound like a real drill sergeant, which I don't think I was. I think I tried to mix things up, but But what, uh, but what that did was, I mean, that, I mean, it's, it, it's, you, you presented the opportunity for us to be able to make the right decision with our money. I hope so. Rather than giving us something that we might not use or use for a little bit and then it's over. It's you know, something that's going to decrease in value. It's like, here's the option for you to keep this invested. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And you know. and think about this. We got enough, we got money from grandma, we got money from aunts and aunts, we can go spend that as we want, but it's a nice little forced contribution. So I think that was the one easy way you can do for your kids. Maybe some parents out there give them a nice fun idea. It's worth it. And thinking back, I don't remember you guys being mad because you got money for your savings You can't complain. Can yeah. You, you, you yeah. can't complain if you're can't getting complain. a gift. It's, yeah. for, it's for yourself anyways. Number six, this is one of my favorite ones. And for those who know us locally, like you grew up with us and watching the video because we, we know a bunch of you guys watch. Dad drove the same car for a very, very, very long time. And it was kind of known to be this classic. It's not a bad car by any means. Yeah. But well, for 16 years, I think it was. Yeah, I drove. Uh, I remember back in the day, the car that I had as our family vehicle was starting to not start or starting to break down. And so I knew I needed uh, something. So I sold that to my brother. <laughs> Because he's better with cars than I am. He drove up from Manitoba, or flew up from Manitoba and drove it back. I remember that. It made back there. Uh, I got ruined in a hailstorm one day. Rolled back the mileage and then sold back, it exactly, to Exactly, sold it to Sean. But um, I wanted something that was more reliable to get the kids around because they're very, very active at that age. And uh, you guys were at the time were very involved in sports and basketball in particular. And so I was kind of one of those dads that shuttled kids the around. Dad. He was the dad. <laughs> I was the, he was the shuttle. The, the shuttle driver. And the Honda Pilot, which was, I, you know, it was a new car, was uh, it held fourteen, no, eight, eight. people, yeah. and um, you know, myself and seven kids, so half the team I'd shuttle around, and I uh, thought that was the main reason. And it's funny because when I did eventually, well, two years ago, next month, got a new car after sixteen years, um, a couple of the guys were like, "Whoa." I've only ever remember you driving that Honda Pilot. A couple friends were almost mad. Like they were just like, I can't see your dad not driving the Honda Pilot. And where I think we're getting with this point, you Mm. made me think of what are we talking about a car for? Good point. Um, As a kid, as a child looking up to you, dad, you know, we asked you over the years, like, are you going to get a new car? Can we get a new car? In fact, you suggested (laughs) we got a new car. car? And you see families around a Hummer. (laughs) I don't. I remember being in Phoenix with you guys and we rented a Dodge Charger. And you guys said, we got to get one of those when you get home. Still held out for another like eight years. Yeah, something like that. Anywho, um, you know, in life, you see all these people around you, the kids you grew up, the families you grew up with, they got the nicest, flashiest car. 
they're leasing the newest model and they're constantly churning through new vehicles. And hey, for some families, if you're super well off, it mm. that's that's fair. But I think that so many uh, families are under pressure to have that newest shiny car, the sure. newest shiny object. And I'm just using the car as an example. If you know Mark, uh, you're, you're one of the most frugal people I know. I, I would never say cheap because you're not cheap, but you are frugal. You are. I think you, there's a difference, yeah. You wear, he doesn't buy nice clothes. He's wearing- I'm a, wearing a Brighton's hand-me-up shirt. That's from where I used to work back in the day. <laughs> and, grade 12. And that's from years ago, yeah. And that's that's one of, I think one of his true. favorite shirts. Um, the car, again, no need for something too fancy. Oh, someone's Bastards. at the office. Oh, carry on. Nance will take care of that. Um, so yeah, the, from the clothes to the things you buy, the things you wear. I think as a child looking up to that, we never felt under pressure to go beyond our means for something. And obviously you have your wants and desires, but by you being a role model in a sense of being frugal and you did have the money to do more. It's just that you, the car did its job. It did what it needed. Today, Jesse, you were just saying, you know, Jesse's driving the Honda Pilot now. Yeah. And I, I passed it on to Jesse. It's, it's so, still going. And I'm gonna pass it down to my kid. <laughs> it didn't die. I just not drive it anymore. Well, what it was is we, I like, I personally still felt the pressure to do these things to, to get, get the new. nicer clothes. I want the car, but I have the understanding instilled by you that I mean, there's an importance to like, you know really just understand the value of what it is that you're putting on what it is and, and right. you know I'll, I'll tell a very brief story uh, with some of our friends that we grew up with a, a handful of them during high school when they first got their license and got their ends and they're out free to drive a handful of them went out and got that newest model they went out and got a seven-year lease or a five-year lease and they're paying seven hundred dollars a month for these really nice cars and you know at the time it's so nice and flashy and it's 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 it feels it, great it's cool it feels great uh, meanwhile, we're sitting here driving our old beaters and like getting really, roasted in the group. We chats. used to get roasted. Yeah, like I, that. It, it's true. We were like a laughing. My car in particular was a. I was a laughing stock with my. I had a silver hatchback car that got the job done. But um, nice, and, nice and, rims, and I, if I remember correctly. Nice little black rims. Yeah. <laughs> um, it got the job done. While I could have afforded more. Meanwhile, end of the story is with some of these. Uh, pretty much all of them that went on and got these expensive leases. They ended up going into credit card debt. They ended up getting themselves into a financial hole, which to this day they are still, they are still carrying, or it still burdened them. Right. They weren't able to invest. They weren't able to save because they wanted that new shiny thing. And what you taught us, Dad, from just being you, and obviously you made an effort probably to show us that you didn't. Right. You know, you have to make the conscious effort to be frugal and to be that role model. But as children, you do look up to the things your parents do, and that's um, sure. It's, uh, yeah, it's huge. You are an influence. Your kids will always want the shiny things, but you have to show them that you can't always, it's not always worth it to get them. And I think there's two main categories. One is if you're going into debt to buy the shiny things, then to me, that's a definite no-no. Mm -hmm. Even if you have the resources to do it, I still think as a parent, I don't care how wealthy you are, I, I feel that you need to pass down some values to the children. And I don't think you just go and buy them everything out there because they want it and because you can afford it. I don't think that's teaching them mm -hmm. responsibility down the road. And now some people might argue with if it matters, if you have enough money, but I think there's more to it than, and it comes down to, we're talking cars, but it could be anything that you just clothes, can't have everything you want all clothes, the time. Anything, yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh Yu deck sleeves. Deck yeah. sleeves, you could have had more. Jeez. Shinier ones. <laughs> all right. Um, two more points here for today's video, guys. This is one that we did actually rather recently. I'll say recently, maybe five, six years ago. 
ballpark, maybe more. I remember sitting down with you to do our taxes one year. Yeah. You know, nobody likes doing taxes. I hate doing taxes. Uh, I don't think you like doing I hate doing taxes. <laughs> you hate doing them. But it was at a point, you know, in high school where maybe we had a side hustle or a job of working yeah. at Hollister and those types of things, yeah, the airport. Yeah. Um, you have to learn at some point to do that. That's part of being an adult. I mean, you can always hand it off to your accountant. But I remember going up to your room and just sitting there for 40 minutes or whatever it was and going through the simple tax type of deal. And yeah. it, it's, it's a primer. It's a you were showing us you have more experience than we did at the time and you still do but it was integrating us into the world of kind of being an adult and doing mm -hmm. doing things like that and that doesn't have to be for taxes that could be for going over your portfolio statement so that could be going over something where you were as a unit we all sat down and, and you know right. took your lead on just getting something done that you would need to get done you know down the road right it acknowledges it and makes it real like this is something that you have to understand that you have to be able to do and it gives you that perspective as to i mean this is something that your parents had been doing for you for a long time or you've heard your parents doing or you know people around you but now it's like okay this is something you're gonna have to do and figure out the rest of your life so mm -hmm. let's learn how to do it if you're earning money you have to file taxes and it's just a part of a part of being an adult. And yeah, I just felt, I remember doing that and going through simple mm -hmm. tax or whatever we're using at the time. And it kind of opened up a world to you. I remember you yeah, going like, like Jesse, wow, I never thought of these things. And Like Jesse said, as you get older, you know, when you're in your high school years and you know, you don't really grasp the idea that the government gets some of your money and that <laughs> you, you have to sock some away. Yeah, you know it happens, but like, you know. You, do you really know? Yeah. Until sometimes the government pays you, why? Sometimes you, know, you, you pay them, them too much. Exactly. <laughs> so it's yeah. it's just that integration that I think is obviously this has to be done at the right age. You don't do this for a six yeah. year old, yeah. but um, I think in your later teens, as you're starting to become more of an adult, I think that's a wise thing uh, to do. I found it interesting that you had brought that up because I mean the investing stuff is you know fun and there's a lot more fun things. Taxes isn't fun, but yeah, it's you brought that up and yeah, and, uh, yeah I'm I'm glad that that we kind did. of played a role. So now yeah. we're gonna touch on fraud. <laughs> Just touch the surface. Point number eight. And this is our final one for today. And this is one that um, we're going to just title here, moving out early is something that I think may not be right mm. for everybody, mm. but for both myself and Jesse, we moved out when we were about 20-ish, maybe a little bit younger, quite young in the modern day. You know, I know some kids are living with their parents till their 30s these days. Right? Especially in Vancouver. Especially in okay. Vancouver. And I mean, that's a very, it can be tricky there, Toronto, etc. But we made the decision um, we were not forced, we were not kicked out. Uh, it was just a simple choice that we wanted to go out and live on our own. And there's probably a number of reasons for that. But speaking for myself, I wanted to be in a position where I had to be an adult and learn about finances and learn about rent and learn about income and how to budget well. Because when you're living at home, it's um, it's easy to kind of just kick back and be yeah. lazy. And it, you know, making that jump forced me into a position to go do that. I am sure it was similar for you. Yeah, I mean, that all ended up coming later for me because when I moved out, it was more of just like a full send kind of thing. Like it was like, I, I, I just, I, I wanna go. I know this is something I wanna do. Let's learn and experience as we go along with it. And yeah. then all of those things started coming to fruition when in terms of like, okay, well, yeah, I didn't know you had to pay for heat and water separately. Like yeah. that was just a thing. I thought yeah. it was included in rent. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, it's not. And when you kind of take that leap, you know, and move out on your own and you become responsible for that. Mm -hmm. Just like, you know, sitting down and doing your taxes, it becomes real, it becomes something that you have to deal with. And something that people will deal with inevitably. So in our opinion, or I should say in my opinion, why not learn that young? It's fun, that's, you know, you learn, learn to experiment. You don't want to be 
I don't know. If, if you're in the position to be able to do it. There are, some, there are some situations in which it's probably not a good idea to move out. Right. Yeah. But if you are somebody like us who, who wanted that experience or felt like, you know, we're in the position to be able to do it right. and we value that experience, then yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it's moving out did for us. real life lesson. And, and it, I know in both your cases, it hurt. I mean, at the end, like financially, it's costly. It still hurts. I, I it still hurts. I was, yeah, it still hurts. <laughs> yeah, it, it costs. It takes a huge chunk of most young people's income for sure. Uh, now, I remember when you were like, I'm going to guess around 15, where you specifically said the day I turn 18, I'm moving out. <laughs> that was just because I, I was teen angst. I was, just, oh, mad. Okay, I was yeah. just mad at you. So I got two bonus years. Too much, yeah. too much <laughs> journaling. You're sick and tired of all the journaling. Well, look, look, I'm building up all this money in my Pokemon account. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But... um yeah, I think getting out early, there, there's pros and cons, right? Uh, it depends on each person. Culturally, cult, certain cultures yep. are very different. Yeah, certain or, cultures, you just the generations just live together. And that's just the norm. And yeah. it's not to say, oh, well, because you know I'm just going to leave my family if yeah. that's what you do. No, it's just um, if it makes sense, I think it can be a step that forces you into a position where you have to be good with your finance. Otherwise, you're screwed. Otherwise, you end up on the streets or and probably back home with your parents. But another another little element as well around that same age well at the same age you started working for my company yeah and i remember you coming to me and saying dad you know maybe it's a good idea if i move out i don't know what was all behind the thought but uh, i thought yeah because we're going to be spending eight hours a day at the office together yeah that's enough and then going back home and you know then so yeah it was probably that was one of the factors too probably from a non-financial perspective probably pretty wise i applied and and didn't get the job which, oh, my job. Yeah, your work. Yeah, well, actually, Jesse, before Brandon expressed interest in the business, and actually took Believe some of the beginner courses and then decided that he wanted to be more creative with his life and uh, become a registered hairstylist? A hairstylist. Yeah, registered. He's a professional hairstylist. On the topic of yeah. hairstylists, we'll give him a plug. He just reached 10,000 subscribers. 11.5. 12, 12, 12 today. Jesse guys. has Keep a up. 12 today? Yeah. Jesse's Barbershop, a going concern. And if you have hair, you're going to want to check that out. Don't worry about that, guys, because today oh. this is about our experience as growing, yeah. growing up with a financial Jesse, advisor Jesse. as a father. I was about to cut that entire part out. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Why don't you send us off here, Beef? Yeah, why don't we wrap it up with that? Because, you know, I think at the end of the day, it goes without saying, your parents are the ones that shape your, you in many ways, but especially financially. And in too many places, uh, too many areas of the world, even here, um, there's just so much illiteracy, financial illiteracy mm -hmm. out there. And it's not necessarily the parents' faults because maybe they were brought up in such a way. Generation to generation. You know, yeah. they don't teach this stuff in school. Yeah. Uh, they don't at all. So if you're, if generationally, generationally, you're learning these habits, that's of course what you're going to pass down. But if you're able to break that cycle and uh, it starts with the parents, really, you can't expect a kid to just learn to stuff all of a sudden unless they're very no no you can't you got to start with the parents i'd say i think ultimately i mean parents have a lot of responsibilities and one of them i think is teaching your children to thrive in the real world financially Absolutely. and that starts with educating themselves so that they can pass that down. for sure we were lucky enough to have a financial advisor as a father who yeah. saw the value and understood the value in instilling this kind of stuff in us and i mean you if you're you know you have kids or you're going to have kids or yeah. whatever the case is it's going to be your responsibility to yeah. educate yourself so that you can pass this information down you know, through the next generations through the and through take the it chain. seriously because it just doesn't go away after you're 20 all of a sudden oh, don't worry about money anymore it's just it's there yeah. there's unfortunately people that go their entire lives worrying about money a lot you know it's not only when you first move out it's not only when you have your first child some people as you've talked about in your recent videos yeah leading up to retirement people are still stressing about money 
That's a very good point yeah. because uh, you know you look at the surveys and a huge percentage, more than 50% of Canadians worry about money, whether you're young or old, or even if you're wealthy, you worry about losing your wealth. So uh, I'm not just crunching numbers, but just understanding the system and how money works and how to value things and what's important and what isn't, I think would hopefully take a bit of stress away. You hope. Half the population, the adult population. Crazy. Right. All right. Well, if you guys enjoyed today's video, we'd really appreciate it if you drop a big thumbs up. Uh, we had a ton of fun doing this and, you know, finally we get to get together, finally, finally. Yeah. But, um, yeah, if you guys enjoy it like this, you know, dropping a thumbs up is just a great way of showing your support completely free. You can subscribe for more content and you have to make sure you hit that bell because YouTube just sometimes doesn't notify you. I'd like to do more videos like this now that COVID is uh, gone. Yeah. Well, going going if you want to see more of me make sure you hit that thumbs up button <laughs> but if you don't don't hit the thumbs down just, <laughs> just leave just it just leave it i'm gonna be a what do you call it a, a dad and i'm just gonna say like yesterday probably one of the best father's days i've ever had with such a long break from being with my boys and they were able to come to my home we went out golfing and yeah they kicked my ass but still uh it was awesome and if there's, if you can sense the joy in my heart, give us a thumbs up. Uh, that's really reaching low, right? But I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm speaking from the hey, bottom. Hey, we're YouTubers. We're all sellouts. That came from the heart. So um, came from the heart. Yeah. Yeah, that helps. Yeah. Um, and leave us some comments down below. You know, we actually would love to hear from children, people like us, uh, parents. Anybody out yeah. there, really. We, we touched on a lot of stuff and there's gonna be a lot of contradicting opinions. Or, sure. And yeah, yeah, feel free to leave them down in the comments. It always helps and uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, I hope everyone had as good of a Father's Day as we did. Um, it was also your birthday yesterday, Dad, but that doesn't, that's... Another day older. Another day older. Another day wiser. Yeah. Um, as always, we have our Investing Academy down below. Can't forget about that. If you are looking for training in Canada, <laughs> nice, Spartan to cheer it. Dad, you don't have your uh, academy shirt on? No, I went Shout out Air North. Shout out Air North. You <laughs> need some grounds crew on your flight. Airlines need help these days. They do. They really do. But um, yeah, academy's down below if you want to check that guy out. But as always, I think, uh, Jess, thanks for coming. You're welcome. Yeah, can, I do the, can I do the thing? Take it away. We'll hopefully see you in the next video. video.